0: the four horsemen what
1: you have here is the four horsemen united live and exciting color
0: um not those four horsemen these four horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints different perspectives as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior
1: are you stupid
0: now here's the four
2: horsemen Hello, everyone. We're so glad you're joining with us today for the December 21st version of the Four Horsemen podcast. Uh, We want to just wish you a Merry Christmas to begin with. And actually, today's topic is going to be about Christmas and some issues that we see with the Christmas holiday um, in American culture. Um, Also, maybe some some advice that we can give each other and give you um, as to a, a way to view this season and a way to refocus on what's most important. Uh, today we have Brother Derek McCarson, Adam Black, Ben Kerfman, and me, Ben Heise. so we're so glad to be here today.
0: Derek's the only brother.
2: Derek <laughs> is a brother. <laughs> I'm still questioning the salvation of my other two friends here, so I'll just refer to them as friends. No, I'm just kidding. No, to my knowledge, these guys know the Lord Jesus and have been baptized by immersion as we are all Hey, man! There we go. <laughs> Let's get down to the serious That's right. That's right. No sprinkling going on around here. No offense to Methodists or Presbyterians. That's why why
0: Baptists don't show up to church when it rains, because they don't want to get
2: sprinkled. (laughs) That's true. That's the truth. truth. (laughs) Wow. That's great. Yeah, we've noticed, I mean, we could get into this later on, but uh, like a 10% decline in attendance on rainy Sunday mornings. That does not make sense to me. For every raindrop that falls, another Baptist stalls.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: wow.
1: Very
2: good. I like that. (laughs) Well, so today, you know, thinking about Christmas, of course, Christmas coming up this Saturday very, very shortly, um, thinking through some things about really the American culture and how it has affected the Christmas holiday. Of course, the, the Christmas holiday itself is not in Scripture, but we know that the meaning of the Christmas holiday is to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, God who became flesh.
1: I don't know about you guys, but receiving gifts isn't that big of a deal to me. Like, no, it, like no. I really when people ask what do you want, I don't care. I don't want to try right. I'd rather go do stuff with my family than you know, get a new pair of jeans or something. But I, I think
0: two Amazon wish lists. <laughs> one for books, one for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben disagrees with you. <laughs> yeah. you Whenever well, somebody asks, I just put another one. It mind. is important to get the new boxers and the socks.
2: Yeah. I mean that's true. Because okay. if not <laughs> you're gonna have multiple socks. I'll not buy my own socks. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> I I think it's so important we all have kids here. I think we've got like 62 kids represented in this room. At least, um, at least, all Amen. Make America great again. But, but I do believe that it, it. Christmas is such a time to teach our, our children uh, about what it's truly about, and I think with kids, depending on you know what you have or you don't have, you know, kids will covet what other kids have. I remember growing up, my friend. One year, he got the Nintendo before me. Oh, my gosh. Like, mm. It was like...
3: Like eight Big Christmas. You seen that movie yet? Yeah. What is it? Eight Big Christmas. No. Imagine the Christmas story, right? The kid wants the BB gun. Right. Yeah. So it's updated. It's set in the 1980s, and the kid wants the NES.
1: Oh. It's an awesome movie. Well, But I remember, I was sitting there thinking, like parents don't love me as much as this, you, know? <laughs> you know i mean that's just how i thought you know um more so, so i do think it's such a <laughs> a vital time for our children to teach our children what it truly is about you were talking about the shoe boxes like my daughter this was several years ago when we kind of explained to her what it was about uh operation christmas child man she was like that's what i want to do so for her birthday. She asked everybody to bring presents for the kids, and so we've oh, wow. we've collected. That's what she's done for her birthday every year. Um, so she's got she's she's really getting it. And, mm-hmm. and the shoebox things is her thing now. It's like her ministry at church, and mm-hmm. we've set up a room for her. And so she's all about uh, doing that. So I think it's Christmas with the consumerism is it's such a vital teaching moment for us with our children more than anything. I think so.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, are there any um I don't know, kind of uh standard maybe that you could go by? Um I've heard of some people say, well, we only get our kids three presents each because the the three wise men brought Jesus three gifts. And that's kind of mm-hmm. a good teaching moment. Mm-hmm. You know, just to say, well, this is why you're only getting three gifts because, you know, there's some people, I mean, if you see Facebook posts the morning oh, right yeah. of Christmas, I mean, these kids are getting like convertible cars and <laughs> new phone, new, uh, new yeah. Boxes, you know, five or six game video games. I mean, brand new shoes, clothes. I mean, I just, it's like, man, where do they make this money? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wearing. Like, where if I get this money? But, um, but yeah, so so I've heard some ideas like that. Do you guys have any ideas? it's maybe some advice to give some parents as a way to? It's
1: probably too late now because they've probably already spent all the. <laughs> They're already in debt. But this Dave, be Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave Ramsey, Dave what, Ramsey, What's the total money makeover. <laughs> Buy that book. That's, that's right. right.
2: That's
0: right. or slave to the
1: lender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, obviously we have a larger family,
0: so right. with six kids, you know, we're not buying them a ton of stuff. You can't. Um. So. Practically speaking, you know, we don't do that, but, but I think when we first started having kids, it's easy to fall into that trap of like, oh, you know, they're like this or they're like that, or, um, you know, you really want them to have that. And I think in recent years, uh, we've developed like some traditions and things, not necessarily like Wiseman thing. Um, otherwise I'd tell them to wait two years to get the present, but. (laughs) but, uh, but uh, so, for instance, like a tradition we have in our family is uh, uh, each child gets their own box of cereal as one of their presents. Okay. Which, you know, might not sound like a lot, but there's been years in the past where there wasn't a whole lot more that we were getting. Uh, and place and you now we cereals cereals.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> you get the food line brand. And and I mean, and just being real, you know, <laughs> you can you can uh, you can buy cereal food stamps. You can't buy a lot of presents for <laughs> Um, but there's been years in the past where we did that. Well, now that's become like a tradition for them that they get excited about. Mm -hmm. So now we're in, we're in a, in a better position financially than we have been in previous years, but there, there's not this, uh, demand from the children to, you know, I got to get this present and that present or whatever. And so in our house, I don't buy cereal a lot anyways, because it's a waste of money because the largest box of cereal you can buy lasts one breakfast for my kids. And it costs like $6 for a box of cereal or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm just like, that's a waste of money. And then they're hungry in 20 minutes. (laughs) And so, uh, for them that we pick out something special, you know, uh, some kind of junk cereal with a unicorn on it or, you know, whatever, whatever, something that we wouldn't normally buy them, you know, and then that's your box of cereal. You get to keep it. Nobody else gets to eat it. That's what you get to have. That's cool. And so every year that's one of the gifts. (laughs) They they eat it in one day. Uh, usually (laughs) like two, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, and they've got family, so they've got grandparents on both sides, aunts and uncles and stuff. So it's not like they're going to go without anything, but I, I think, uh, usually we do that and then we'll do like one gift for a kid of of something that's a little bit nicer, you know, so instead of just a cheap toy, maybe something a little bit nicer, but just kind of one thing that we think wherever they're at in life or something they're interested in. And then sometimes we'll have a family gift, like a board game or, you know, something that everybody can participate in yeah. and, uh, and do it that way. But we try to kind of keep it simple because fortunately for, for us, you know, uh my wife and I both have parents that are still married and you know didn't come from broken homes and that kind of stuff and so when we have Christmas we have multiple family Christmases so I'm like by the time you put all that together like my kids have never had a bad Christmas you know Mm -hmm. and and in the past even when we had people help us with Christmas and stuff like that the other thing I would say too is is I've seen the other side of that because I used to work at a group home for teenage boys And what they'll tell you at these places is, is they don't need presents. What they, what they need is a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them, people feel bad at Christmas time, all the children's home or whatever. And I'm not saying don't do anything for them. I would say, talk to, talk to the leadership and say, you know, what do you think they need? You know, instead of just dropping off a truckload of toys. And we did that one year, one, one year here at the church, we asked, you know, what kind of stuff do they want? And they're like, honestly, the best thing you can do is have a Sunday school class go over there and play shakers with the boys. <laughs> just go play get play, go a play game with them. Bring them some cookies and just sit and eat with them and talk to them. That's cool. Um And so when you think about that, that applies to our own kids, too, that you then get so wrapped up in the presence that they forget the presence mm-hmm. of Jesus. Okay. That's
3: very tweetable right there, can you, yeah well that, I, that was nice that's, that's pretty like that. That Stephen Furtickism? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that <laughs> that's been no, a, Stephen again.
0: Furtick is the president yeah. Yeah. Quite, he, he he is. in his quote he did go to southeastern uh, hey. no he went to
3: southern unfortunately
0: oh he went southern so okay. kind of
3: piggybacking <laughs> off that um unfortunately <laughs> one of the things that um our church has been involved in is we we are we still do caroling, um which kind of sounds mm-hmm. corny but it's actually a lot of fun so we have a a list of maybe like a dozen shut-ins mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so one of the ministries of the church during Christmas is we pile on the bus anybody who wants to go will show up at the shut-ins home sing them a few songs pray with them leave them a fruit basket and of course my kids go along they don't really have a choice and then some <laughs> of the other kids in the church will, will come along too and my kids still talk about that mm-hmm. and how much they enjoy that and how fun that is for them. Because it's special. It only happens one time a year. They get to see people that they really don't know. But you, when you go roll up and visit those people, they are absolutely starved for human interaction. Mm-hmm. And they never get to see children. And so for those you know, 30 minutes or whatever that they get to interact with the kids, I mean, that's, that's Christmas for the shut-in. And I mean that's one little thing mm-hmm. that is special and turns the focus toward others and makes it a ministry opportunity. Um you know, the presence and all that. They know they're gonna get that. That's fun, but it's trying to help them to, to understand that it's it's really about taking Christ as Christ was He came to us in the incarnation. And so we we being the hands of Peter Jesus also go out and Bring that light to somebody's life and try to help them understand.
1: It. You're talking about the <clears throat> the home uh, our church collected stuff for um, a shelter downtown Asheville for abused children. And so yesterday, my mom and I took all this stuff over there, and it was just really clothes and that type of thing. Well, <laughs> I thought we were just dropping the stuff off, so the lady comes out and asks me to, "You want to take a tour?" And I'm like, "Sure." in there, there was, um, there was one, one young lady. There was five. Uh, I met five of the, the kids ages 13 and 17. Uh, one girl had been raped over 40 times. Um, mm-hmm. one girl, her dad had been prostituting her out. Um, one girl had, I mean, every one of them, I mean, we're talking total depravity That's Sad. Man. and I was able to talk to one girl and she was probably 15 or 16. You could tell that there was some Issues there, and, and she asked me. She said, "Or did you did you bring stuff for Christmas?" And and I said, uh, "Maybe, you know." And I smiled, and she smiled, and she goes, "You know, all I want for Christmas is a candy cane." Mm-hmm. And like she was dead serious, and I was like, oh. "I just." So my mom goes out to the car. And she has boxes of candy canes and brings <laughs> them all in there. But I mean, but when you think about it, uh, and our fit was going over there tomorrow night to help wrap presents for him and stuff. But you know. It is about giving to others. I mean, that's what it's truly about. And that's what the consumerism obviously can become idolatrous, but it's when we can shine a lot of Jesus to people in mm-hmm. just simple ways. I think, you know, that's how we combat the consumerism is, you know, Jesus wasn't a physical gift in a sense of, you know, uh, well, I guess he was, um, but we need to share that more than anything that's right. uh, to our kids and to those around us. So. And you guys do a Happy Birthday Jesus thing too, don't you?
3: Yeah, we do that at kind of the beginning of December, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a kids thing. Um, but, but we always have a tremendous turnout with that, and that's awesome. So, but think of like basically a birthday party, mm-hmm. except it, the theme is Christmas, and it's we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, so we call it a Happy Birthday Jesus party. And so it's set up like a traditional birthday party. The kids come in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Cupcakes, there's popcorn, there's goodies. They have craft tables um, where they can make Christmas ornaments. Um, or uh, I think this year they did tattoos, like Jesus themed tattoos. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you know, the washable kind. <laughs> um, so they did that. And then they <laughs> did. Uh, yeah. The yeah. The they corner. weren't getting
1: ink. Brian Allen's yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, and then I, um, this year we had a, like an inflatable where they bounced around and, you know, wrestled each other. And, That, but of course, the whole purpose is getting unchurched kids or kids from the community who are um, ministry prospects to come enjoy the party aspect of it. But we always take time you know, about 30 minutes and we either do a puppet show or we explain the gospel in a very easy way for them to understand. Um, It's interesting the results we've gotten out of that. We've actually, you know, had some. Good, good interactions with unchurched families, and had some uh, some kids make professions and that that kinds of thing. Uh, so it's just another way to mm-hmm. kind of do Christmas a different way and make it an outreach event like about that. other
2: other people. And um, anyway, it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, I think I think those are all definitely good ways. I mean, and I think the local church, you know, we're all pastors, and I think it's important for us to remember is that it's our responsibility to provide our church with the opportunities to reach people, you know, mm-hmm. really the church is that outlet for people um, who join your church It's you know, if you're not providing your church members with opportunities to reach your community, then you're really not uh, fulfilling Ephesians four, you know, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's about so important to be a church member is yeah. because you can serve Jesus better as a member of a local church than you can not. Because those opportunities should be there. Um, So so I think that's great, Uh, guys. I think those are some great ways to kind of redirect the focus of our families and our children on the true meaning of Christmas, which is obviously the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Ben, did you have something you wanted to add to that right there? I've been wanting some cereal now. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's it's funny about, you say that. think about yeah. Captain
0: Crunch Who the that, whole time now. Hey, dude. that's my my oldest daughter. That's hers. I've got like a video of her losing her mind the first time we did that. <laughs> she Captain got a box of Captain Crunch. I mean, it was it's a thing. Like she just, that's her thing every year. <laughs> she got <laughs> the Captain Crunch. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
2: one of the big bags of it. Yeah. the box. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to buy lieutenant crunch. I can't do no, right. it. <laughs> 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 it uh, leaves, it leaves the think. film in your mouth like hardcore. Yeah. Oh, no. you ca- absolutely <laughs> cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If
0: your mouth feels normal after you eat that, you don't oh, eat yeah. it. Like shreds that glass. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's all they are, little uh, fiber-like <laughs> like brick hats. It's like Copenhagen. Yeah. <laughs> for, kid, for kids. For kids. what. Oh my goodness! Wow. That's, listen, y'all need to share that. If you just heard that, you need to tell somebody about this podcast. That was worth listening to, right there. Copenhagen for kids. Well, I'm gonna. Title, I'm gonna title this "Only in America, boys." Christmas, Christmas, Mur- Christmas. Mur- yeah. So uh, no, I mean so so this year, uh, on Thursday, we're actually doing uh, a candlelight service here, that which we have good. not been tomorrow. We haven't done one since I've been here I too, think it's you? been probably close to a, a decade tomorrow. or more since our church has done one, mm-hmm. and we're right in the in the city, and people drive by all the time, and we're always saying, you know how do we how do we connect with these people and and so this year, we're like, okay, let's just plan the simple service. So like there's no preaching, it's basically we have scripture reading. All the way from Old Testament, New Testament, and then Christmas songs, and then it gets a little post meal at the end. You know, we end with like a mighty fortress and all that, you know. But um, and then we're having some some hot chocolate and cookies afterwards, you know, and invite people to stay and be able to kind of talk with them. Basically, just trying to be a witness. And we did some promotion and stuff with it, and it seems like it's getting quite a bit of attention, and so we're really excited about that because it could be a great opportunity. Like you said, man, for us to connect with people in the
3: community and um, we redirect. The but yeah, you, you got people who will come to church when there's a funeral, mm-hmm. when there's a wedding, maybe on Easter, maybe on Christmas. Those are E and C Christians. Yeah, Eastern Christians. Oh, yeah, Christians.
0: So, so, and and so, I, I targeted that directly because when i think candlelight i have memories as a kid of being in candlelight service and i couldn't tell you anything that goes that went on except i was allowed to hold something that was on fire (laughs) i mean that's and to me i was like that was awesome awesome. this is the coolest service i've (laughs) ever been been. yeah so we got real candles not led candles we got the the real stuff and uh and we're going to do that during the service and so in promoting it it's traditional candlelight service of Hey, if you're a parent, grandparent, this is just like what you grew up with, singing songs that you know, scripture passages that you're familiar with about the birth of Christ, um, and and trying to kind of pull those people in that, mm-hmm. that may be the only time of year you know, I never go to church, but I want the grandkids to go to the candlelight service, you mm-hmm. know. And uh and the goal is is then everybody there is actually hearing, you know, this this baby grew he's not a baby anymore. You know, yeah. he grew up, this isn't Padelagon Nights, you know. <laughs> He grew up, and Bobby he's a king okay. now, you know, and he's coming again, and so we we, right. we celebrate his first Amen. coming, but we anticipate his second coming. Amen. That make a good outline. Dennis would be proud of me today. I'm on. I'm hey, on, when I do the Advent candle, I hope Advent he's Advent and
3: I, listening. When we do the Advent candle, when we light the Hope candle. That's the way I do. I say, "Hey, the prophets looked for him the uh, first time, but we're looking for him the second well, time." Well, we don't do we don't do Advent because we're not Anglicans, but. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was the conversation in our pastors' conference this week. There is a debate about uh, doing Advent. I
1: did it last year,
0: but I, but I think to tie in with some of what we're saying though, one of the points that was made in that conversation about Christmas is there's there is a cultural return to tr- traditional uh, services and litur- liturgy. Mm-hmm. So I was I was talking about how a lot of younger pastors are going back to things like Advent and liturgical calendar and traditional worship and things like that mm-hmm. because. I think for a lot of people, it provides stability. If yeah. you think the culture is so chaotic, you I can think- you can go to a, a church that has kind of an entertainment mindset, but you can get entertainment in a lot of places. What you can't get right now is stability. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, even going back, like a church like ours, we do congregational singing, hymns, simple instrumentation, 45 minutes of preaching, Lord's Supper every week. I mean, it, it's not cool. It's not trendy. It's not any of that. It's just stuff. Christians have been doing oh, no, for it for thousands is. of years. Ben Kerfman is there. It's cool. Wow. I, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> but it's stuff that Christians have been doing forever, but the thing that we're finding is is people in their 20s and their 30s are gravitating towards that because it's it's like something for them to grab onto. It's like they're in a storm and they're getting blown away and they're trying to wrap around a tree somewhere, you know. You know, it's That's interesting part. that you mentioned
3: that because I had a conversation with a, a guy who um, was visiting our church I, he had been invited by some church members and I got to talking with him. I said, what's your church background? He said, I'm Catholic. And I said, really? Well, tell me about your background. He said, well, I grew up Southern Baptist, but now I'm Catholic. Wow. That's what I was like. Tell me your story. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And he said, well, the reason why I gravitated back, or uh, gravitated toward the Catholic church is because of the structure. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing every time. And I wanted to say, well, yeah, but you're sacrificing Jesus again on the, on the altar, you know, mass, all that. A lot of Catholics don't know that. They don't know any of that. Mary worship, all of that. I didn't get a chance to get into all that, but I was astounded by that answer, piggybacks off of what you just said. He was saying that, look, it's the same thing every time there's tradition, there's liturgy, I know what to expect, and it's stable, according to him. So, uh, I've experienced that that myself, just in talking to others, but whether he really understood the gospel or not, that's another matter. But but if you think about it, the whole holiday of Christmas, I mean, that's the
0: theme of our episode. The whole holiday of Christmas is uh, a tradition. It is a liturgy culturally. So even for people who aren't Christians, Going to a candlelight service, you know, like like I saw somebody was posting, about, you know, even uh, Kevin McAllister and Home Alone went to the candlelight service.
1: You know what I mean? I like, all
0: that, like, like yeah. if Kevin McAllister can make it to church, you can, too. right? Yeah, and 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 you know, <laughs> and, but culturally there is this, and of course, you know, you can tie in Santa Claus and all this other kind of stuff into the tradition of it. But one of the reasons why people love holidays is again, it's it's like a ritual. When you look God did this intentionally with Israel with the mm-hmm. feast. Right? You have a feast every few months to point you back to God to create this tradition Rhythm. of yeah. not forgetting God, not forgetting yeah. who he is, you yeah. know. And if I was fully a Puritan, I would be anti-Christmas and Easter altogether. But I do think there is some value in our culture that is so disoriented right now to be able to nail something down and say, I at least know that there's something certain here that Christmas still exists. Even if I don't even fully understand what's going on, there's something I can kind of
2: hang my hat on there. So would you guys say it's acceptable? I mean, you talk about tradition you talk about meaning and how, you know, these, this holiday brings us back to the fact that it's about Christ. Um, You know how people say happy holidays. Well, how do y'all feel about that? Trigger. (laughs) Merry Christmas, you filthy man.
0: What do you think? I don't feel like I have to say Merry Christmas because I'm not a Catholic and I don't observe Mass in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, me. I'm not I'm not offended by people not saying Christ Mass because I don't really believe in Christ Mass either. But, I mean, i can go on with it. Yeah, I'm not one of these people that gets super offended of, you know, somebody says Happy College, Merry Christmas, you know, and you get in their face with it of, you know, the or, or, or even Doug Wilson, as much as I like stuff that Doug Wilson does, you know, he's like, you know, saying Merry Christmas is proclaiming the expanding kingdom of Jesus in the world. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but I still think that's kind of a stretch. I
1: you
0: know, I just don't I don't see it having a whole lot of meaning
1: per You never use the word Mary. Let's be real. Have y'all ever used Mary in a sentence in a normal day? No. Man, I am married. We know. So, you know, we know, you know. You know, know I mean, the Brits,
2: the Brits say, "Happy Christmas" right because of Queen Elizabeth, right? So, but either way, I, I mean, don't know yeah, they don't. I mean, I guess some do. I think, Charles I think Dickens, I Dickens yeah. started the Mary part. Mm-hmm. I'm American, not English. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, too. I mean, holidays—that's holy days. Mm-hmm. So, in reality, even by someone thinking they're, you know undercutting Christians by saying happy holidays, they're still affirming Christianity by saying happy holy days, Mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of have a new perspective on that, you know, because actually we, we advertised pretty heavily, our candlelight service and even on Facebook kind of boosted the post and all this other stuff. And there was some guy in the community, I don't know who what his name or who he is, but he said, happy holidays. And I was like, I wonder if he's being like sarcastic or if he's just trying to be friendly. So I got on his a facebook page and he was like anti-christ all over the place mm. so i could see where he was coming from well, i just liked it because i'm like he's just saying happy holy days and really christmas is a holy day to us because we're mm-hmm, you right. know we're embracing christ yeah i'm talking about
3: triggered i'll uh, tell you one thing that people parents do get triggered on and it's Santa, the Santa Claus thing oh
0: you
2: know? yeah
3: you will get the ire well that was my day of uh, uh, some moms
0: i've, I've heard, heard of that story, coming up, up more than this year it's funny how, like, in history, things will repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like this year I've heard more people, like, on podcasts and shows and stuff, talk about Santa, the Santa Claus issue. Mm-hmm. And I've heard more people talk about the fact that the wise men weren't there. That's, like, a thing this year. Have y'all noticed that? It's, like, a meme. Well, like,
2: back to the... If your nativity
0: has wise men, it's not legit. legit. And I'm like, well, everybody's white. It's not legit anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are, are we going for accuracy here? <laughs> You yeah, know, you
2: got some female angels on there. I mean, get it right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, if you come to our candlelight service, um you'll actually see an Asian Mary and an Asian baby Jesus. That's closer. So we're we're getting there, guys. I'm 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 wow.
3: I'm, My, I'm
2: impressed. Mongolian sister in Christ, her, 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 her little, her little and other in Christ. I didn't know they're Asians.
3: So so I'll tell you a story that kind of goes along with this. So a few years ago. um I was teaching a boys class on Wednesday night, and it was um, a couple of days, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and I was kind of directing the lessons toward the birth of Christ, and these boys, there's probably, uh, you know, 10 of them in the class, and they're all excited about Christmas, and well, just out of the blue, one of the little boys pops up, and he says, what's the deal with Sam? Is he real? (laughs) That's a good question. Time to go. Okay, so I took... Five minutes in the class, and I thought, well, "All right, this is a good teaching moment." So I didn't say no, but what I said was, "Well, there was a real individual hundreds of years ago named Saint Nicholas, and told a little bit of the church history behind that, what he did, what, we, what he was known for, mm-hmm. punching heretics and all that good stuff." Um, but I explained, know, all of that, and um, and then he asked, "Well, what about gifts? Where do your gifts come from?" And I said, well, at my house, the gifts come from us, the parents. And I just kind of left it at that. Well, the next day I get an irate phone call from a mom. I can't believe you told my kids that Santa Claus was not real. You've destroyed Christmas. You have eradicated their childhood. It's all ruined. It's over. With. I can't believe you did that. And of course, I had to back up and explain everything. But anyway, so they wanted you to lie to their children. I basically just let her vent, and I didn't even try and defend anything. Yeah, they ended up leaving the church for a different matter anyway. But it was pretty eye opening for me. I'm thinking, like, this is a this is a Bible study class. Obviously, you know, I didn't go in there with the intent of destroying the childhood, the innocence of your but children. you Santa Claus isn't the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. but anyway, he was the innkeeper. Having experience with celebrations, (laughs) having experience with that, like, um, that's a real issue that can run up on you, and uh, if you're not even expecting it, it's happened to me. Um, but from our experience with our kids, we were uh, honest from day one, we just said, Look, we buy your your presents, the focus is about Jesus. If you want to pretend and do the Santa Claus thing, we'll do that just for fun, but you need to know like, he was a real individual, he or she was, mm-hmm. you know, give the history. Um, and so our, our kids know that, but we always have to preface that too, like, alright, when you go to church or wherever, don't tell other kids that, because that can get back to parents, and it's, oh, it's yeah. all a big deal. We were in Walmart like several years ago, and my wife was walking
0: through uh, the toy section with the kids, and this sweet older woman came up and was so excited to see some kids shopping for Christmas. You know, and, oh, what's Santa going to bring you? And my daughter was like, I think she was like four or five at the time. She just looks her dad the I and goes, Santa's dead. <laughs> like, just like, straight up. And I was like, <laughs> my wife said that lady had like the most horrified look on her face. Like, These wow. must be one of those angry, like atheist families. Which, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But but the thing was is we so we we taught like historical Saint Nicholas. So mm-hmm. I I'm not a big VeggieTales fan, but <laughs> the VeggieTales Saint Nicholas is, is all over the place. <laughs> the VeggieTales Saint Nicholas is actually great. I would actually commend it to you because it t- it actually tells the story and pretty accurately of who Nicholas of Myra was uh, in the VeggieTales version. And so we bought that. And we watch it every year as part of like mm-hmm. our, our uh, Christmas tradition or whatever, because it it, it has funny parts in it, but it goes into the seriousness of who was this man and the fact that he actually did love Christ and actually believed the gospel and that a lot of the traditions of the stockings and gifts and that kind of stuff were passed down on him, but he, but he did those things because of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked with our kids of, you know, I mean, when you see Santa Claus in a, in a red and, and white suit, that's, it's because it's modeled after a Roman bishop's robe. Like you go and look at the history and it's there. And so uh, we're not saying Santa's not real. We're saying he was, a, he was a real man and he actually uh, was a believer and was sold out to Jesus. And that's why he did the things that he did. And so instead of looking to him, we should look at the one that he was looking to, which was Christ and trying to give them that context. But you know, when you're four years old, you just come mm. up with Santa's dead. In it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's about, and so we kind of have that conversation several times, yeah. like I said, Derek, of like, hey, listen, different families talk about this in yeah. different ways. And in our family, this is how we talk about this. But with your friends and all that, you need to let their mom and dad talk to them about those things. And so you need to just kind of right. leave it alone. Mm-hmm.
1: We do Santa Claus. I'll be that guy. No, we do. Uh, really just out of tradition. Uh, I did it. We did it. My parents did it. Did you get up on the roof? uh no if uh, you're not dancing on the roof you're not committed no i didn't but i mean we we have we have discussed who he was you know and that type of thing and um people's i've heard some people say you know well if you'll lie to him about that you'll lie to you know and and i I don't know anybody who's in therapy that you know believed in santa claus or whatever um so, and we've had that. My wife actually, I my wife has had conversations with kids in her class because it's like it, my oldest is at that age now where it's like they're wanting to ruin stuff for each other. And so she, <laughs> she she's she's had to talk to several people who are like Santa Claus is not real. I caught my parents, you know, that type of thing. And so um I do think there's an innocence to it. I do understand both sides. It's not as though I'm going to sit here and say you should do it or you should. It's just what we do, um, yeah. my, and we have fun with it. My, yeah, and my kids, you know, I'm Santa Claus, you know, that type of thing. So. My wife
0: grew up with, like, you know, hard, hardcore hard homeschool, like, no Santa, no anything. Like, literally, like, your presents come from Jesus, and that's what's written on the package. Like, it says Jesus. how <laughs> so she She used to give all her friends a hard time, because they would be like, uh, <laughs> like, in autumn, she would be like did the fall leaf man bring you any presents and you're like <laughs> what are you talking about she's like you don't know about the fall leaf man and she would just like make up all all of these uh, oh, yeah. other ones you know, just to like torment
1: people we even we even got which is terrible this is my wife's idea she but i'm the head of the hustle so. um <laughs> the elf on the shelf thing No, we haven't Ugh. done all that but it's Thank God she's took it over this year because moving those things. But They I, made a movie about that. Oh, yeah. Women. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: no, there
1: is a movie. Netflix actually has a movie about.
3: And now the real debate. Is
1: Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, yes, Um But all, all I'm saying There's is no There's debate there. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, it's similar, to, in my opinion, with, it goes back to that. It, it's similar to the Halloween discussion. You know, well, we will not do Halloween. <laughs> well, it's the only time of the year that. We can have 600 people come on our campus, you know, and and dressing up. Am I dressing up as a demon? No, I I, I do think there's an innocence to things. Um, but I understand where it can be taken too far.
0: One of our elders was preaching Sunday and literally in the sermon said something about Satan Clause. Oh, wow. <laughs> like from the pulpit. I was like.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Satan Claus. Yeah. That's an interesting one. He he very...
0: he has like a he has like a deep uh, emotional hatred for Santa. I, I'm not sure why, but he's very passionate. So, we, about so, it. so can he which email would you the phone calls off of that? No, but okay. I mean, but important in, in reform churches, they're generally kind of
2: anti-Santa, yeah. anyway. So. so, which is worse, Elf on the Shelf or Santa?
1: Elf on the Shelf. Oh, on Elf the on the Shelf, shelf. shelf for sure. it takes I, a whole yeah. lot of work. Yeah. See, last year we got a week off because they had to quarantine. Mm-hmm. So we had them in the jar for a week. Um, there you go. That's yeah. clever. Yeah. That's awesome. do y'all do Elf on the Shelf? Yeah. But we, we it's not one of those like... I can see how it's fun for people to do it. it, it if fun. they don't
0: believe that there's an actual mythical creature living in their house. Right. Now, here's
1: what's funny. I, I, I have read, and we were looking at Pinterest of all the was all the different elf on the shelf ideas the best one i've heard was their one of their elves broke its leg trying to get there in the room it was such a mess that it broke its leg
2: <laughs> so delicious. the kids
1: like cleaning up the room Like, on no but but i mean again it's it's again one of those innocence things it's um, kind of a fun thing it is i i, I do and I, I think it is and
2: um, we, we do we do Elf on Shelf too yeah and one thing my kids couldn't get over is why does he have a tag on him like what, <laughs> why, why is <laughs> everything else I can there. believe yeah. but not the tag why is that tag there of course so my two oldest they're always saying yeah, we know you and mom are hiding the elf and, you know, getting the candy out and stuff. for right. us. Why hasn't our elf written us a letter in a while? You and mom just started And then you look at her and you're like, what are you talking about? Just another <laughs> way to shame what? you guys. Exactly. Well, this question. And I'll blame that on my wife. She
1: created that monster. So, <laughs> so that's mm. the Santa thing and the elf thing. At, do you think it can become sinful? Well, sure. Anything, I suppose anything can, can. But, I mean, at what level? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would you ever tell somebody, do not do this? If you heard about what they were doing. I, I think
0: uh, I would venture to say most people spend more time creating scenarios for their elf on a shelf if they do that than they do talking to the kids about Jesus. Mm. So That's that that would be a problem. Well, you're diverting attention from pride. <laughs> That's the end, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I and mean, that's the whole thing. Like I said, I can see how it's a fun thing for people, and that's fine. I and mean, people have different traditions or whatever. You know, it's the same thing as Christmas trees. We can talk about that too if you want. But, but you know, people have different feelings about that. But, but the reality is, is for Christmas trees, y- your kids, your kids should not grow up being confused about the meaning of Christmas that's or right. or the priority of Christmas. Like, right. my kids get excited about gifts, and, and, and that's great, but I honestly think if we just gave them nothing thing for Christmas, I don't think that would be the end of the world for them because we talk about how it is about Christ. It's about spending time with your family. They'd be it's mad if they
1: didn't dinner. get their cereal.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, they'd would, they would be disappointed, <laughs> but it's, it's not as though uh, their entire world of Christmas is centered around uh, materialism or selfish gain or whatever, and it's the same thing. Like it's like you know, hey, if you if you're your shelf on an uh, elf on the shelf, you know, slipped and fell in the kitchen one year and you never saw him again, is that going to be? Are you going to lose your mind over that more yeah. than you would lose your mind of? Oh well, Christmas fell on a Sunday. We're not going to go to church.
1: Like why would we not go to church next year? You know, yeah, next
2: year, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that, that like so I think that's a great the, the, for the priority thing. If if your kids are. If if everything is equal, <laughs> if they know more about Santa Claus than Jesus. That's a problem. That added up major, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yes. That's a, that's an excellent. I agree. Point. I agree. Well, you know, with my kids, uh, you know, we've taught them about the the real Nicholas and how you know what he did and how. Um, what I'm mistaken. The story was he uh, actually paid the dowries for some young girls. Yeah, they were going to they were going uh, to have an old war. They were going to be yeah,
0: basically sold into prostitution and he basically paid their debt for secretly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: to keep so I mean really that what better story than that to share with you. They community. softened that a little bit on the Veggie tales
2: version. It didn't talk about prostitution. But. Right. Right. Well <laughs> yeah, I think it's important too. I mean and of course Henry, he's kinda used the same terminology before. Santa's Santa's dead and Santa's passed away. But we say, Yeah, he's with Jesus now. You know, he was a Christian, he knew Christ and all those things. So I do think it's important to teach your children <laughs> history and facts. And but at the same time, I, I see where Adam's coming from, too. And, that you know, you got to have fun, too. You don't be so legalistic that you just you, you miss it and it becomes not fun. Right. But you got to be able to divide the two. Mm-hmm. What is what is make believe and what is real? And make sure your children are able to understand that. Make sure they can live in reality while still having fun and, you know, with the make believe. You know, I mean, well, e- scripture says every
0: good and perfect gift comes down from the father mm-hmm. of lights. Right. So mm-hmm. every every good thing that we have is from him. Amen. he's made every everything and I, and I think we, we can become too puritanical and, and forget that God has he wants us to enjoy his world yeah. and he wants us to enjoy the beauty of Christmas lights and
3: snow and, uh, you know, uh, gifts and
0: colorful things and culture and all that Christmas cookies and smells and times with family. you know, uh, and, and the trick is, is when you get more concerned with the form than you do with the fulfillment, that's the, that's the problem that Pharisees keep falling into. And, and so, uh, when you're more wrapped up in the traditions than you are in thanking God, I mean, you should, you should be able to go have dinner or whatever your tradition is with your family this week and have a great time and make great memories with your family. And at the end, you should be able to lay down at night and just say, "God, I just, I just want to take a moment and just thank you mm-hmm. for all the blessings that I've received, for all the good things that have happened, for for having my kids and for my health and for my marriage and for uh, having the means to even give gifts to people, you know." And just take time and acknowledge Him in that. And so, the, the solution is, we'll just avoid anything that's fun or good, you right. know. But at the same time, if it's more, if it's more about the thing than it is about the one who who gives the thing, then we're just missing it. And that, that's not a Christmas thing. That's just in general. That's every week when you put money in the plate too. You know, you can throw it in there and be in sin, but mm-hmm. it, it's more of an
2: attitude of the heart. Of, where did all this even come from, anyways? Yeah, I agree. So one thing, I mean, I would recommend, and one thing that my dad always did with us, and that we do with our children, is we do not go a Christmas without reading the Christmas story from Luke chapter two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a basic thing mm-hmm. that's important for every Christian family to do. And, uh, men, you should be doing that. You should yep. be the one reading that story to your family and making sure that you just reiterate, um, the meaning of Christmas, because if you let your family go through Christmas without talking about the Lord Jesus and the beauty of the redemption story, God becoming flesh and dying for us on the cross, then you're foregoing your responsibility as a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sure, mom can read it, and that's great, but it's, it has a special gravity when it comes from dad, when dad leads in that. Mom should not have to plead with you dads to, to read that. You, that should be you, led by you, initiated by you, <laughs> and I think it's
1: a very important thing. That's not my, I've heard from people and say, that's not my thing. Well, no, it is. Yeah, God says it is. That is your thing. Yeah, that is your thing. Amen. Does your kids know more about your politics than, you know. Or your team or
2: whatever else. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do thing. the most good for your children, it's not spending $1,500 on them for Christmas. It's making sure they know the gospel of Jesus Christ and know the scripture. Yeah and you can do nothing better for your child than to make sure you invest the, the gospel in their lives. Take them to a yeah. worship service. Yeah, take them to a worship Amen. service. You know, uh,
0: one of our pastors pointed out Sunday, and it sounds kind of obvious, but sometimes people just point things out at a certain time, and he had recommended uh, buying Bibles for people for Christmas. That's good. You know, a lot of times that gets overlooked as a gift, but he's like, you know, think of for somebody who doesn't have a Bible that they can read well, or that's not on their level, or whatever, that could be one of the best gifts that you could give them, mm-hmm. uh, even for even for a child. Especially yeah. considering that we're living in the most biblically literate America. Yeah, and we right. and you can go to the dollar store right now and buy a Bible for a dollar. Mm-hmm. We're one of the only
3: places in the world you could do something like you that. You can download a Bible app for free, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was saying kids too. Um, like on Sunday mornings, I teach I teach a Sunday school class with uh, young people and basic Bible questions. Uh, for instance, like last week. All right, kids, where do I go in the New Testament to read the birth story of Jesus? And his it It's like nobody knew. All right, let's back up. How many sections in the Bible are there? Right. And I would say that goes well, beyond just the
1: young people. Oh and, yeah. And
3: just but <laughs> uh, I guess as pastors, as as long time Christians that you know, People know this stuff, and they but they don't. Well, and, not in this culture anymore. And I right. think Christmas is a great time to teach theology to your people. So I,
0: I was looking back at outline that I had preached in 2018, and the State of Theology Living here does this uh, survey every year on the state of theology, and they were interviewing. Mm-hmm evangelicals, which were people who said they believed in the authority of scripture, they believed there was only one way to be saved, and that was through Jesus. They believed that they were supposed to personally evangelize people. Mm -hmm. Sounds solid, right? Of Those kind of people. 78% of them in 2018 said that they thought that Jesus was the first and best of all created beings. They were JWs. Yeah. That's (laughs) heresy. That's That's been a heresy for 1700 years, over 1700 years now, and yet more, more than half of evangelicals believed that that statement was true. And so I, I think, uh, so I, I did a message that year on, uh, basically Christology. Like mm-hmm. who is Jesus? He has, he has two natures. There's one divine will, you know, uh, h- how is he fully human and fully God? And how do we understand that? Why is that significant? Why does that even matter? You know, all, all of those kind of conversations this year would be a great year. Uh, for pastors, if you're looking for a last-minute sermon or something to talk about, uh, one of the things that I that that I've been thinking a lot about in in light of COVID over the last two years is, is the, the the corporeal nature of the church. In other words, in the flesh, that you know Jesus, uh, God came in the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's really what we're talking about. That's really uh, you could preach a whole message just on the condescension of Christ of how much did He have to condescend to be able to come as a as a baby to a poor family in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. from from a throne of glory it's like if you really just take take just take even five minutes this week and like really think about what jesus gave up or laid aside in order to come and do like that. that too yeah and and there's and there's no logical reason for him to do to do that the scripture says just because of his love that's the only reason why and so I think there's a lot that we can teach through the Christmas season because people think about, you know, a little baby or whatever, but they don't realize, you know, there's a song that I love that says that, you know, uh the the swine in, in in the in the manger scene there are are watching him in the feeding trough as though he's a piece of food, but they don't realize that he's actually holding the entire world together while while they're watching him do that. You know, and so you think about that of like uh theologically Christmas is a, I mean, you could teach a lot of doctrine during Christmas and people
2: actually want to hear it because they're well, curious about the who this is Jesus. The virgin Christ. birth. I mean, do we preach on that enough? Mm-hmm. The virgin right. birth of Christ and why that is essential and non-emotional. Yeah, a lot of people, well, I don't see why
0: it's really that big of a deal. Oh, well, it it is, is a very big deal.
2: Without the virgin birth, you don't have redemption. Right.
3: I, I told my people uh, on Sunday, I said, somebody asked me a while back, can you be a Christian and, and still deny? The virgin birth. And I said, no. No, no you cannot. You cannot fully understand the virgin birth and be a Christian, but you can't deny it. Right? right. You know, and if you try and explain it, you may lose your mind. But if you try to explain it away, you're going to lose your salvation. You are. So. What's well, the
0: same thing with that other statement? Now, I think a lot of people who would say that Jesus is created. Uh they wouldn't recognize that that's an error. I think if you yeah. kind of, I think if you kind of explained it to them, they mm-hmm. would say, Oh, well that's not really what I'm saying. They're
1: probably thinking through Mary.
0: But the reality is if they if they like you said, if they actually affirmed that, if they affirmed a doctrine like Arianism, uh historic Christianity in the scriptures w- would say that person is a heretic. That person is gonna go to hell. They might believe
2: everything else right. But if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're not you can't that's right. be saved. That's yeah. Right. And it seems like such a simple uh Christian or biblical statement to say Jesus is God, but you'd be surprised how often you need to preach that to your Mm -hmm. congregation. And a lot of people say, well, I'm tired of hearing about, you know, Jesus is God. I know Jesus is God. Then why has that been the number one uh, doctrine uh, under attack Mm -hmm. since the birth of the church has been the deity of Jesus Christ. So Mm -hmm. if that's the number one doctrine under attack by these cults, by all these other people, and even a misunderstanding among Christians, then obviously we need to talk more about that than anything, the fact that Jesus yeah. is God. You know, don't ever get tired of saying Jesus is God. And even with my children, that was one of the first things we taught my kids. I mean, Henry would say that when he was three, he would say, Jesus is God. And that's to me, that was one of the most important things to get through to my children. Mm-hmm. Is that fact. Because if you can if you can rest on the fact that Jesus is God, then everything else is going to flow from that. Mm-hmm. But if you get that wrong, yeah. dude, there's no coming back. I mean, if you get yeah. that wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't get
0: that wrong well, and be okay. And that is the question, right? It's like John tells you, test the spirits of of whether Jesus came in the flesh or not. In other Amen. words, is your Christology right or not? That's right. Because uh, Mormons, I would even argue the fundamental problem with Roman Catholicism is Christology. As much as oh, they yeah. emphasize Jesus, there's when it quality. comes to his work, to his justifying work, that kills them. That's a black
3: member of the, the Godhead, there.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I agree with a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine. There's a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine Mm -hmm. that we would agree with.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, but let's be honest. I mean, that's that's where that's where our beliefs came out of. So there's a large portion of that 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 we would agree with. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is the most fundamental things. You know, I I read part of the Council of Trent, the Canons of Trent, a couple weeks ago to my church and said, showed where the Catholic Church has stated officially and still holds. That if you believe that you are fully justified by Jesus and that you owe no penalty for your sins whatsoever, then you are damned. The Catholic Church still teaches that. Well, guess what? That is the complete opposite of the gospel. Not the gospel. You're saying if you believe in the gospel that Paul preached, then you, then you're condemned. Well, guess what? I, <laughs> I cannot be a Roman Catholic. I can't do that. No, nope. I can't. And forget the papacy and all the tradition and whatever else. Just that. It's like if you if you got justification right. I can disagree with a Lutheran or a Presbyterian or a Methodist or whatever. I have no fellowship with a Roman Catholic at all because they have an, they have anathematized the actual gospel. So you would actually say people. that Catholicism is not Christianity. Technically, I would say technically Roman Catholicism is a cult. Because because that's by what de- I would say. By, de- by definition, a cult modifies something about Christ. And because they're modifying his justifying work to say that it's not sufficient to, to completely save people, I would
3: say that it is a cult.
2: And they hold to extra biblical texts as holy scriptures. Yeah, hypocrisy. That's, yeah. that's exactly oh, right. Yeah, pretty much all cults have their own holy books, so they modified the holy book to. to well, they also, have, they also have the papacy, which is
0: basically just a, a source of authority. In, that's right. I mean, they sort they rewrite doctrine all the time. Yeah, I think we'll see. They, the they don't have, like Pope Frankie too much, though.
2: So. Like, clearly the Catholics are, are like liberal.
0: Like, but I love how they're all freaking out. They're like, you know, Pope Francis he's pretty liberal. He doesn't really agree with Catholic doctrine. I was like, do you know Roman Catholic history? Do you know how many whack popes you guys have had (laughs) over the years? Or like when you had three popes at the same time and nobody
2: could figure out who the real pope was. like, Yeah. yeah, Like y'all don't want to talk about that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They forget that part of history. So, um, so guys, I think we're about to wrap it up. Do You might have anything else you want to add before we, yeah, I would say, you know, to
3: follow up on what you were talking about, preaching those, those good, fundamental, Bible-rich Christmas messages. Um, Mm -hmm. Do that. Pastors do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sunday school teachers get into that. Um, Make big deal out of Christmas um, and preach those messages, teach those lessons because, as we've been talking about, we're in the most biblically literate America that's ever been and we need to found and ground our people in the truth and when they're founded in the truth, they're going to see the difference between all the cultural consumerism and the, the, the pitfalls and all that. They're they're gonna be able to discern. And that's why that's so important. And like I mentioned, we assume that people know this stuff and they're 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 kind of bored with it, but they're but they're not. Paul said that it was the mystery of godliness that God manifested himself in the flesh. I mean you could You'll never get to the bottom of the incarnation or the, the beauty of the virgin birth or um, the the star that, that brought the wise. I mean, these things are been pondered over and they're timeless. And that's right. There's beauty in all of it. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a, um, a little moment here to just brag on the Lord. So I preached a simple Christmas type sermon out of Luke chapter one uh, last Sunday. And uh, the Lord really blessed it. We had two young girls who came and made professions of faith from oh, that. Awesome, uh, one young girl, so 15 years old, another girl in college in her mid twenties. Hmm. Um, and there was nothing complicated about that message at all. It was just about the simplicity of Christ and the, the cast of Christmas and the incarnation. And yet, you know, when I counseled with them and led them in the gospel, they were saying, we we never heard these things before. Hmm. We never heard these things before. Like right. they did not know Candle the right basic gospel. Yeah, we, we can't we can't assume. Yeah, you yeah. can't assume that, the, that people. And, and don't we know think it. we have to, um, you know, do a big confetti and laser show, or we have to have Santa show up at our church. We have to get snow to fall from the ceiling, or all these things to we'll be a
1: Barberville This week. Try and get people. Yeah, we just
3: swap out the gold dust of snow. <laughs> yeah, all these things that we think we've got to do to get people in our. And, and you know what we don't need to improve on the gospel we mm-hmm. can improve on it yeah. it's enough it's sufficient it's beautiful i you know i don't have to be spectacular because the gospel is spectacular it's amazing mm-hmm. it's awesome and his word will not return void. it will do the work it's meant to do it's yeah your important. Christmas play is not the power of god in your salvation
1: mm-hmm. the gospel is mm-hmm. it's funny because we're talking about this and, and i'm sure we've got pastors watching this but one of the things i wrestle with last year i didn't preach we do a combined service for christmas and this wasn't my year to preach it but last year i was like christmas like christmas story again like how can i yeah and the conviction god put on me like i was like oh (laughs) like i really had to repent because Mm -hmm. and it wasn't so much that um it wasn't so much that i didn't follow it was important but it was like make this any better or how can i you know how can i donkeys how can i preach something different (laughs) or that i didn't preach last year but what you guys are saying is absolutely true like it's it is 100 the gospel and if you can't preach the incarnation of christ it's it's the simple story and it doesn't have to be the story itself is spectacular enough if if you got over it you're not thinking about it right right. so that you know i so just preach the word on when it comes to the Christmas, any other time, really, just preach the word. Like That's you right. don't have to, uh, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel. If you're preaching something somebody's never heard, well, I mean, unless they've never heard the gospel, then you're probably an heresy. So, right. um so anyway, so just preach the word. Don't feel the pressure. So, it's good. because I felt it. So,
2: yeah. Well, I've certainly been there before too. Yeah. So, but uh so anybody else anything? Uh, all right. So it sounds like we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Just want to say Merry Christmas again from the Four Horsemen podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to us. Um, We hope that you'll share it and uh, share this with other folks as we just continue to want to glorify God in all that we do and maybe expose some things that we haven't thought about uh, in terms of Christianity and what it means to be a Christ follower. Um, So hopefully we'll be at it again same time next week, Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Hope to see you then. Thank you.
1: You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number
0: four horse Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the
1: podcast and be sure to subscribe and review.